a lot of people have a tough time with it because it's a number. It isn't go beat you, it's shoot a certain number. So it just changes people's mindset. So there's some people struggle with it. Welcome to the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Each interview, we talk to leaders who differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. These conversations lead to thought-provoking idea sharing and growth accompanied by entertaining storytelling. Welcome along on our journey to lifelong learning, improved performance, and a look inside the competitive mindset. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Check out my friends Brian and Chris and their podcast, The Greatest Games. They explore coaches' journeys, share some funny stories, and inevitably, Chris tries to stump Brian with some trivia. Check out their website, thegreatestgames.podbean.com, and 816basketball on social media. Joey Leonard, welcome to The Competitive Mindset. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to dive, dive into your, your thoughts here a little bit. Okay. Let's start at the beginning to see if you can recall the first time that you participated in some sort of competition and any memories that stick with you from it. Yeah, I just, I remember being like, I mean, really out of place. Like I, I, I saw a picture of my first tournament because thankfully I won my first tournament. So I was 10 years old. I played at Yehara Hills. I won the Pepsi Junior, the 10 and under division. And I had like Reebok pumps on. I was rocking like Air Jordan sweat shorts and t-shirt. Um, I was just like really excited. So, I mean, I'd been playing golf for six years then. You know, I didn't know anything about competition. It was just something that, you know, my dad and I had talked about kind of getting started in. And um, it was wild. Like, I don't remember any of the rounds. I don't remember any of that. I remember I shot 45. Uh, I remember my mom was really excited. I was excited. Like, I thought I could do anything. Um, but when you had asked me that question before this, and I I, I was kind of saying that I, I started to think about that. I was like, gosh, I, I had nothing. Like, now when you go to a tournament, like, you're preparing and you're, you know, you're thinking about, you know, the course and all stuff. Like I just went there and played and, you know, again, I happened to have great results, but it was like, it was just so not what I do now, you know? So it was very, it was very cool though. And I, I mean, I got hooked right away. I mean, I've been, I love competing now. I do it a lot and I've done it ever since. And it's, it's my favorite part of golf really. So. So I'm curious about the start of that. So you, it sounds like you had golf as like the leisure activity and then you got into this tournament. Like what was the impotence to move you to compete in a tournament? Well, I mean, it's kind of funny. Like my dad and I both started at the same time. So he wanted to wait till I was old enough. So I started at four, which apparently was old enough. Um, and he was 35 and we just, you know, started playing and he kind of taught me as far as like, you know, he used to read all the Jack Nicholas books and he kind of learned the golf game that way. And he kind of taught me, um, you know, as, as it, right as I get started. And I mean, he's just a construction worker. So it's not like he's like a golf coach. You just, you just kind of figured it out, but I had some natural ability. I had some natural talent. So, you know, I was hitting the ball well and he was like, you know, next step is, you know, you want to play in some tournaments and play against other people rather than just playing with me. And, and that's just, it just kind of happened. So um, but then once I got a chance to play and you get out there and it's like, it's serious. So there's like rules and, you know, etiquette and things like that. It was just different, but it was really neat to play against other people and you versus them. And, you know, you're out there by yourself and feeling nerves for the first time. Like, I mean, that was, that was pretty cool. So that's kind of how it happened. Do you remember the first time you beat your dad in a round of golf? I don't. Actually, I wish I did. I I remembered it for a long time, but uh, I remember I was young. I think I was probably, I bet you I was probably 11 or something like that. 
but I remember he he didn't really enjoy it that much because my dad's really competitive too. So, um, but yeah, it was it was pretty good because we I mean we I think I started playing golf at on the course probably around five or six. Like we just kind of would go to the range for a couple of years and putt and chip. Um, but you know I started like everybody else. You know I'd whiff the ball and my dad would make me pick up to keep pace and I hated that. I mean I would just give him the death stare. Um, but he taught me, he's like, you know, we're not out here all day. You get two hours for nine holes and whatnot. But yeah, uh, I think I was 11 when I beat him and it was awesome. <laughs> so how did he then handle that being a competitive person? Right. And still wanting to have you progress and enjoy the game, but him wanting to also be competitive with it. Like, how did he handle it with you to make sure that you were still enjoying it and like his potential you know, not necessarily issues, but anger or whatever demeanor of losing to his child come off on you. Yeah, I think it was just like a temporary thing. Like how I would, I, I guess the only way I would explain it, it would be like, because we're similar, like how I would feel. So I'm super competitive. So like if you and I were playing a fun game of cards and I lost the game, I'd initially be angry. And then two seconds later, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Um, but like, that's kind of how it was. It was that initial like, really? Cause I was, you know, kind of jabbing him, I'm sure. And, you know, um, giving him a hard time, but you know, then it's just like, wow, that's really cool. Like, you know, he's, he was excited for me and, and happy that I was progressing, but there's that initial, like, you know, that internal, like, Oh God, I hate losing. And then it kind of goes away, but that's, that's how I would describe it. Cause when I play like games with my wife, we'll play cribbage or something. And if I lose a hand, it's like not happy, but then, you know, it's just, goes in one ear and out the other so you forget about it but all right so being involved very young and then transitioning this into your career can you kind of walk us through how that progression occurred from this being a fun thing to this being your profession yeah um so i you know played all through high school and played on a golf team and then i, I played college golf briefly um, and then after college, I came back home and I kind of really didn't know what to do. Like I, I wanted to try to play golf professionally, but didn't really have anything planned. I mean, I didn't really, I certainly didn't have the means to do it. So I would have had to look for sponsors or something like that, but I was just kind of in a transition and a guy that I had grown up with, um, who was, you know, I would consider him a mentor, but he never really gave me a lot of lessons was the pro at Monona. His name is Rob Moraney. Just kind of pulled me aside one day and was like, you know, you're a great golfer. Um, you know, do you want to do something in this industry? And then uh, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I think I was roofing at the time with my dad and um, he just kind of got me into the golf business, you know, kind of taught me from the ground up um, his thing. Uh, day one, he hands you a spray bottle and a towel and goes, welcome to the golf business and had me clean some tables off in the dining room. So uh, it was kind of not what I, was, what I was expecting. I was expecting to, you know, get a bunch of new golf clubs and do something like that and just kind of have fun and hit balls all the time. That that wasn't the golf business. So, um, but yeah, I just kind of started out there. I was there for a few years and then um, just kind of took my time. I started going through the PGA program to become a PGA member and kind of took the long road there. You know, it was just kind of still more into playing than I was really focused on you know the the industry I guess or the craft of it and but then finally you start to grow up and mature and realize like I got to kind of get things into gear and um you know work my way up and work my way through the program and I think I got my first uh head pro job in 2011 and then I was doing that for a while and now I'm teaching full-time so 
Um, but yeah, I've kind of traveled across the country. I've worked in California, Oregon, uh, Atlanta, um, a few other places, and always wanted to come back home. And I've uh, got a g- great uh, gig at the Oaks, so here I am. So, but yeah, uh, for me, I kind of took the long road. I mean, I'm so into playing golf and so into competing that that still was kind of pulling me away from. Well, I actually have to earn a living too, so um, you kind of have to balance those a little bit and try to find time for your game and then realize that I have to make money to live and pay bills and, you know, pay my rent and all that stuff. So, um, but I'm glad, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had it any other way. It was a, it was a great experience. So. All right. You glossed over there something real quick that I think we need to dive into a little bit further because I'm curious. I'm sure other people will be curious. You said you did what it to become a PGA pro, right? You went through that process. Can you detail what that process is and kind of a time frame for how long that takes for people so they understand a little bit better? Sure. Yeah, and, and the time frame varies. It really just depends on how how much you want to kind of hit the books and how fast you want to do it. But I think on average, I want to say it takes around three to five years. No, that's a little vague, but you when I was doing it, you start out with a player ability test. So you basically go to some golf course, they put the pins in the middle of the greens. And you have to shoot a pair of 77s in one day, essentially, is what it was for me. So um, sounds easy. And again, it's nothing fancy, right? But I mean, it's not like shooting even par both rounds. But um, a lot of people have a tough time with it because it's a number. It isn't go beat you. It's shoot a certain number. So it just changes people's mindset. So there's some people struggle with it and they shouldn't. But yeah, I passed that. And then um, it's kind of like education while you're learning, you know, kind of in your job. So you know, you have like work experience stuff. And then you also have like online learning and, you know, all these things like going to college for golf, essentially. Um, And then every level, there's three levels to it, level one, two, and three. After every level, you know, you basically send in your book work, you fly to Florida, you take a bunch of tests, you pass those, then you have seminars, and then you go next step, and then repeat that a couple times. And then the third step, um, there's, you know, you have to do like a 10 minute presentation, You have to do a mock job interview that you have to pass. And if you do all that and, you know, keep your nose clean, you become a PGA member. Um, But, you know, there's other things, too. You have to earn a certain amount of work credit. So, like, you have to actually work at a golf course for a certain amount of time. Uh, If you go to college, that helps. So if you have a four-year degree, that takes that time off. Um, But, yeah, it's it's a process. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't make it through because it is, I mean, it's like going to college. It's not for everybody. Um, but for me, it was, it was the only option because I wanted to do golf. And I mean, this was, you know, at the time and and still now, if you're not a PGA class, a member, that's kind of a prerequisite for a lot of jobs. And, uh, they just kind of want to know that you've gone through that. So you kind of know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a process, you know, but yeah, I was on the, I was on the five-year plan, not the three-year. Well, we always say that graduating college or graduating anything in four years, like leaving the party at 10. So you're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned a lot. It took my time. So you said there, you know, pair of 77s and some people struggle with it because it's a number, but you didn't struggle with it. Can you, we dive into that and let's talk about other people and why they struggle with that mentally. And then what your mindset is to not have that struggle. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I, I, I don't always look at other players I really more and this is probably coming from my dad is you know I never really looked at other players as my competition I just always looked at the golf course and so for me it was always about shooting the best score that I could and I usually would start at par so you know par is the number and how much better can I go 
So if it was 77, I don't even look at that number. And I didn't. And I think I shot like 69, maybe 71 or 72 or something like that. So, um, but I just, I mean, the biggest thing that I remember from that PAT was just watching these guys that were relatively good players, like topping shots and hitting multiple tee shots out of bounds. And they were just like, I don't know what's going on. Like they were just mentally just gone. And I just, I remember feeling like, God, that's terrible. Like I know these guys are a lot better than that. And I just never looked at it like that. I never really looked at the score. I just knew that I was good enough to shoot those scores. So I didn't even look at it. Um, and I had a lot of confidence then, you know, too. And I'm sure that helped a lot of belief in my game. I put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, but yeah, I just always, I never really looked at other competitors. So I wasn't trying to beat them. I was just trying to shoot my lowest number. And, you know, certain courses, I would go into the tournament with a number in mind. I would never do that now, but that's how I used to look at it. And I would go, you know, hey, I think I can shoot 68 here or 65 here or whatever. And that was kind of my goal. And if I shot that, even if I didn't win, you know, if I shoot 65 and lose, I'm never going to be upset. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Um, you know, that other, other person that beat me, good for them. They had a great day. So um, I guess that's kind of how I viewed it, the long answer. Okay, I, I love that mindset. So it'll walk me into this. So when you're playing around, because you, you play professionally now to, you know, make some money. When you're playing, are you driven by the fear of losing that round or that match or the joy of winning it? I thought about that and I don't, uh, I don't think either for me. I think for me, um, when I go out there, and I, the other thing I should preface it with this, that I don't know if I enjoy winning more or hate losing more. So I don't know which one I'm on. I know that I hate losing to other people, but I don't know if I do that more than I like winning. But I think for me, I just try to get the best, get to the kind of the best version of myself out there where like my goal for any round is not a score now. It's, you know, it, one, did I prepare? So for any tournament, if I don't properly prepare, my expectations change. So it's always about preparation for me. And I, I kind of have a certain way to go about that, depending on which course I'm playing. Um, the second thing that I do is I try to stay present in all my rounds. So my goal for a round is to not get ahead of myself. So it's try to be, you know, in the moment. Um, I try not, whether I'm playing, you know, when I'm playing poorly is when it's the hardest because you start thinking about, okay, how many holes do I have left? How many birdies can I make? That type of thing. Um, but for me, I'm trying to get the most out of each round, which I know for me is staying in the present. When I start thinking ahead, whether it's good or bad, that's when I have a problem. Um, but yeah, I would say I go into my rounds that way. So I'm not really thinking about winning or losing as much as I used to, as much as I'm just trying to get the most and get the best version of me that day. So you keep referencing the past like you used to. So you've had a growth and a progression with this. Is there any moment in time or some particular story or tournament that you played in where that kind of clicked for you and you were able to flip the script on it? Do you have a story of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I don't know if I can put an exact date on when I noticed that I had an issue with that, but I do know that, um, you know, one of the one of the biggest tournaments that I've won in uh, four years ago. Um, I had been working on this and, and I won the tournament and it was a big deal for me. It was one of our championships. And I just remember that I'd been working on this coming into that where I'd been working on. And again, we always say it, it's one shot at a time. You know, that's kind of an old thing that we say. 
Um, and it is that way. And it's everything. I mean, it, it really is. It's give this shot the most and give this your full attention. Don't worry about what you did in the last hole and what you're doing next. It's this shot. So I, I just remember that that was the best I had done as far as being present, not worrying about what I had done or what I'm going to just one hole at a time, one shot at a time. And it obviously worked. Um, and that was kind of where I bought in a little bit with that. Um, but yeah, in the past, you know, one of the things, one of my MOs was I had to get angry during a round to play well. And when I got angry and fired up, then I stopped thinking about, you know, past and and what's going on next. Like I just was angry. And so I really got dialed in and I would focus. Well, I kind of figured out that I could do that same thing without getting angry. I could give each shot the attention. So that there was kind of like a maturation process there where you kind of figure out, well, you know, I can do it differently and give this shot attention and pick a target and, and not have fear and not worry about stuff. Um, but I don't have to get mad to do it. I can just be calm and, you know, do it that way. So, but yeah, it was a process. I, that's kind of how I was when I was young. And then as I got older, I, you start to learn and you start to figure stuff out. You start to figure out, you know, when you play well, why you play well, and you start to note all that stuff. Um, but for me, yeah, 2018 was kind of a, a big change for me as far as moving forward with that type of process. Yeah, experience is the most valuable tool. You can't replace Absolutely. It. Yeah, absolutely. The more you play, the more you learn. So we didn't necessarily talk about failure yet, but we have setbacks in our life, right? We, we never get to just keep progressing all the time because we don't learn nearly as much. So I'm curious if you have a favorite failure that you have experienced. And it's not necessarily favorite because you enjoyed it, but favorite because you learned an experience to help you progress and move forward from that you have a story of you could share with us. Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say my biggest failure was 2015. Um, I had qualified for our national championship in uh, Pennsylvania at the Philadelphia Cricket Club and, um, you know, didn't really know what I was getting into. Um, I knew it was a big deal, but it's basically like all the all, all across the country, you know, the each PGA section, there's 43 of them. Uh, they have a championship and then the top finishers at those championships qualify for this. So I kind of went there and, you know, was excited. And uh, I played well. So I was, uh, I think, in fourth place going into the final round. So the top 20 qualify for the PGA Tour PGA Championship. So one of their majors. So it's a big deal. Um, and a lot of prize money. I mean, I think first place was like $55,000. I mean, that was a lot of, I mean, that is a lot of money. Um, so, but yeah, in the final round, things were going well. Um, I was I think even par one over through 11 holes and then just meltdown. Um, you know, I don't really know why it wasn't nerves. Um, but what I do remember most about it is that just total loss of just where I was. Like, it's like, it's like it didn't happen. It was like mentally, I was just exhausted. And, um, you know, I was trying to think of the best way to word it. But, you know, it was basically like an out of body experience. <laughs> and, um, like the last seven holes were just an utter collapse. Like I couldn't, I, it's like, I couldn't do anything. So, um, you know, for me, I think it was just, I wanted it so bad that I had just been like working so hard and like mentally, I had just kind of, you know, you almost try so hard where you just get exhausted and you just kind of like fall apart. And I just couldn't, I couldn't go anymore. And the last seven holes were just a, just a blur. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I remember every single shot. I just, I can't even put a, 
a finger on where I was mentally because there was nothing going on. It was just, you know, so for me, um, you know, that really sticks with me still to today. Um, I think about it, you know, probably at least once a week. Um, and not like it's, you know, something that affects me as far as my golf, because I don't ever think about it when I'm on the golf course. It's just something that, you know, I think I constantly think of because it was, I mean, it was a, it was not a good feeling, you know, to be, you know, I think at one point I was in second place and, you know, to miss out on qualifying for the PGA by one stroke, um, you know, that was, that was tough, but yeah, I guess what I learned from it was that, you know, and I think that's been my MO for a long time is that when I set goals, um, I want to attain them and I want to achieve them. And a lot of times as I work my way into there, I, I want it so bad that I don't get the best out of myself when I'm on the golf course. So um, <clears throat> for me, I think goals are a little bit of a, um, they can kind of be a setback for me where I try too hard. You know, I think, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not comparing myself to Justin Thomas, but I know he goes through a lot of that where, you know, it's like he wants it so bad that he, he just goes at it too hard. He doesn't let it come to him. And I definitely learned from that event that that is something that does not work for me. So each tournament, whether it's big or small, same thing, just playing golf. So it sounds to me that rather than having goals, you have standards and they're there's different approaches to the same sort of way to approach excellence. Would you classify yourself in that, that regard? Yeah, I've been, I've been working on that. So rather than like last year, I set goals and I think I achieved most of them. Uh, but again, one of my biggest goals, I didn't achieve at the end of the year. Um, and you know, it was again, putting too much pressure on myself, too much want. So right now I'm working on more of like, you know, almost like traits that I want. Like I want to be competitive. I want to work hard. I want to prepare, um, you know, things like that where, yeah, I want to win every tournament and I want to win all these, you know, all of our majors and stuff like that. But I'm not viewing it as that because, you know, again, certain goals as I get to, um, if they're already gone, then it's like, okay, so what do I have to play for? So it's just, I think for me, a more consistent and it's a way to keep me fresh and not burnt out when certain events are coming up. But yeah, I definitely, again, I, I know there's a lot of different views on this. I think goals can be great for some people, but for me, with my competitive nature, I think it, I think it sets me back. All right. I want to try to blend two things together here. So you talked about your presence and how with your maturation, you've been able to take the anger out of it and still have the focus. Right. And, and you just told us the story uh, you know, about missing the PGA cut because you weren't present essentially everything just became a blur so i'm curious if when you find yourself starting to get into that blur do you have a tick or some sort of um mechanism set up to wheel you back into being present and, and i'll just share with you an example while i ramble so you can maybe think about it basketball coaches sometimes if people are struggling with free throws they'll put some sort of color or sticker or something on the player's shooting foot so that way, when they look down to place their foot, they see it and it clicks with them in their mind to go through their process or reset them. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have something like that. So um, over the last few years, I've been working on, you know, I've been doing a lot more with like meditation and mindfulness. And I'm sure obviously I know the sports world, that's obviously big right now. But yeah, for me, it's about being present. So for me, when I start to get, you know, excited and I start to get advanced, I just just connect with my breath. That's literally all I do. So I'll just, 
literally focus on my breath and I'll count to 10 and I'll count my breaths. And, you know, for me, it just kind of balances me out. So then it just takes my mind off of what I was thinking about, gets me back to right now. And, you know, it, it certainly works for me. And so I, I work on that when I'm meditating. Um, so um, for me, I got a little bit of anxiety a few years ago. And I started to look into this and it's really helped. Um, I certainly don't do it as, as often as I should, um, but I do work on it, especially as I kind of gear up towards golf season and throughout the season, I try to try to work on that. But yeah, for me, I just, again, for me being present, it's not about relaxing because as you kind of get worked up, it's hard to relax. So I just try to, rather than thinking about the future, I just connect with the present and I just start to focus on my breathing and it just grounds me. Right. Like you said, I mean, looking at that, you just kind of reset. So I reset and then go about my business, go back to the next shot. So how did you get into meditation? Everybody has their story of how they found it, how it came to them. I'm just curious if you have a story. Yeah, I well, honestly, it was suggested to me, um, but I really liked it. And, you know, I'm the type of person that, you know, I'm not like you had mentioned that you're kind of like you always need to be going. I'm not that way. Like I can sit around, but my mind's always going. And so when I started to have some issues with anxiety a few years ago, um, I was just recommended to me. So I checked out this, I forget what the app is, uh, Headspace. And what I liked about it was that it was a little bit of time every day for myself. So I didn't always do it in the morning to start my day. But when I got done with it, it was like, you know, I just took 10, 20, 30 minutes for myself. I just felt so good. Like I didn't worry about work. I didn't worry about my schedule. I didn't worry about what I didn't get done today. Like it was awesome. And I did it a lot the first couple of years. And now I just do it kind of sporadically when I, when I want to, I, again, I, I should make more time for it. Um, but I, I love it. It's so refreshing and I use it for, you know, my golf. I use it for my everyday life. You know, when I feel like I'm getting stressed out a little bit, which doesn't happen as often because of that, um, you know, it's just a way to just relax and, you know, get back to enjoying, you know, enjoying life. But yeah, for me, it was just recommended by somebody and I found an app and away we go. But yeah, I, I love it. Okay, I'll, I'll do, second do that. Do you meditate? I, I do. And I use Headspace also. And, and yeah. I have my Headspace story and how I came to it as well. And and I actually bought it for our students at the college because I think it's such a valuable tool. Yeah. And, and mostly what I use it for is to go to sleep at night. As you had mentioned, you know, I'm a busy person. I always need to be moving and my brain's always rotating as well. So sure. it helps me calm my mind at night to get some sleep because I'm the type of person who will wake up at 1 a.m. and think about something that I need to do or improve on or whatever, and then wake up again at 3 a.m. and keep doing that cycle. And it's helped me right. calm my mind to get some um, beneficial sleep. Yeah, it's great. And there's a lot of stuff out there. I, I, I found one the other day unwinding anxiety i was looking at that um and there's a lot of like free apps out there i know headspace you have to pay for but yeah i i encourage that and there's a lot of those lessons that i put into you know when i teach i just kind of talk about you know being present and don't forget to breathe you know and not that we've talked much about that yet but um but yeah just about relaxing right and like not trying too hard just kind of let the things come to you so um, but yeah, I think it's a great tool. And I know there's a lot of golfers and I know a lot of athletes, but a lot of golfers specifically that, that use that, you know, I think when you watch Scotty Scheffler, I feel like he's a model for, I don't know if he's meditating, but he looks like he's meditating out there. I mean, nothing gets him upset or he get too happy. He's just kind of there playing golf. So, um, I noticed that right away from him. So I'm not sure if he does it, but it looks like he does. 
but yeah, there has to be something to it because life is too emotional to not have something to level you out to that level. Right. All right. Let's wrap up. I want to talk about mentors and tell me about a mentor that you had in your life and a lesson that you learned from them that you continually use in your own life or you use to share with others. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about this. Um, so, I mean, my first mentor I meant, I mentioned his name was Rob Morani. He was a, the PGA golf pro at Monona. Um, but I think from, from Rob, I think something that always like kind of stuck out for me was just, I mean, he was always there. Um, you know, he really taught me what hard work really was like, you know, when we're young, we all think we work hard. I didn't work hard. I, I did nothing. Um, and uh, I was not spoiled. I just, you know, I was a hard worker, but I didn't realize what really working for your livelihood meant. So I really, you know, kind of learned the value and how much, um, um, just how much satisfaction it gave him, you know, to, you know, complete a task and, um, you know, just be there helping people. And and that's kind of the second part is, you know, Rob was never too busy to help people. Uh, I mean, that was his job as, you know, kind of running the golf operation there whether it was a lesson or whether it was with an event or, you know, with a league or something like that, like he always went out of his way and it was never um, something that he made people feel like they were, you know, taking away from his time. Like it was always about the other person. So, I mean, Rob was definitely a mentor and he taught me so much about the type of golf pro that I wanted to be um, where no one was inconveniencing me. It was, I was there for them and uh, just making people feel welcome um, but the other person I thought of was a was a real close friend of mine, and his name is uh, Blair Sample. He's uh, he's a buddy. He lives out in Virginia. Uh, we play a lot of golf together. Uh, we just kind of met. He was a member at a club that I worked at. But um, he's really competitive, and he's a really good golfer. Um, but it's it's strange because him and I are so different. Like the way he views things is the exact opposite of the way I view things. And it's not that we like you know bash heads about it. It's just that when I think of something he thinks of it in a totally different way. And so he always challenges me as far as how we approach things, how we view things, how we view the golf swing, playing golf to the best of your ability. Like, it's just so interesting. Like, I love having conversations with him. And and for me, I just kind of consider him a mentor because he teaches me so much just the way that he is. So it's really, um, I'm obviously, I'm glad that he's a, he's a great lifelong friend of mine. But I don't think he realizes how much I take from like our conversation. So um, it's great to have someone like that in my life. Opposites attract. It's so true. Right. Right? Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we're supposed to be mentors in this business. And it's one of the things that the PGA kind of puts into their thing. And I don't really know if I've ever been that for anybody else, but man, I tell you what, coming up, there's been a lot of people that have helped me out and I've learned from, from probably every job that I've been at. So I, I think I've been really lucky in that regard. Yeah, well, it'll come eventually that you're a mentor to someone because in the coaching world, <laughs> people don't realize it in the moment, but 10, 15 right. years down the road, they come back and they realize that there was something right. that clicked for them. Yep. So the future, tell me about some upcoming projects that you have going on that you're excited with. Yeah, um, you know, for me, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm doing right now from a, like a like a personal you know standpoint where I'm. I'm looking to, you know, better myself and, you know, it's just something that I'm, I'm kind of viewing it from my own kind of selfish reasons, but I'm also kind of using it as like a learning tool to help me with my instruction. So uh, I've been working really hard on fitness probably the last couple of years, but, you know, trying to step it up a notch and, and really just trying to find the best version of myself, not to, 
like look a certain way, but just from like a performance standpoint, uh, you know, I want to have more energy um, as far as, you know, playing golf tournaments and playing multi-day events, um, you know, helping with my recovery so that, you know, I can get back to working on my game and things like that. Um, because obviously the harder I work, you know, the, the better my results have been. And, and uh, I think that's that way for certainly a lot of athletes and in just about every different sport. Um, but for me, it's, you know, trying to eat better, trying to, you know, be more consistent there. I've got a sweet tooth. So, you know, trying to stay away from Culver's, no offense, Culver's welcome to delicious, but, um, you know, just, just trying to find the best version of myself and every day, just trying to get better and just kind of, again, not getting ahead of myself by looking at a year from now, just every day, just trying to do again, work a little harder, work out a little bit harder, um, make a few better decisions. So, and again, I'm trying to use that as kind of like a motivating tool so that, you know, I'm kind of practicing what I preach a little bit when I work with people about, you know, working hard and, you know, again, working smartly, um, you know, trying to get the most out of your game. So, um, but as far as from like a professional standpoint, you know, we're just kind of finishing up. I've been doing some winter programs, um, had a lot of success with that working in the building, you know, unfortunately it hasn't been the best winter. So I've had a couple of cold days out there, uh, finishing up my spring program as well. I've had, I don't know, 30 odd, some people that are, you know, doing a six week program with me gearing up for, you know, a great golf season. And, uh, you know, this summer, um, it's kind of, it's kind of business as usual, but, you know, we're, we're trying to mix in a, you know, a few fun things. We've got some new junior programming and, um, I've got, we're doing PJ junior league. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but, uh, we've added a team there where it's like golf singular. So you're just individual, but, um, the PJ junior league, it's a team format. So we compete as a team. We've got, you know, anywhere from eight to 12 kids and we play other area golf courses. They have jerseys and got their names on it and um it's really fun and there's like if you finish in one of the top teams in your area there's all-stars so you qualify for like regionals nationals all this stuff so they've done a really good job with it and uh we added a 17u team this year and um almost got it filled so uh it's it's just a lot of fun like it's so different you know than what we did growing up where everything was just about you at a tournament so um, to play on a team, I mean, it's just a hoot. Kids have a have a great time. So, yeah, team sports. There's something to be said about them. A good balance of individual sport because you have responsibility, but working as a team is important too. Yeah. All right, let's get you out of here on a little bit different question. So, I need you to use your imagination a bit. When okay. you open a refrigerator and you look inside of it, pick out one item inside that refrigerator that best identifies with who you are as a person and why. In the refrigerator that best identifies who I am as a person. Wow. Um, I would say whipped cream. When I think of whipped cream, it's like, you know, it's like, ah, there's no sugar. It's delicious, but it's kind of fattening. So it's kind of like sneaky, you know, like it, I guess I think I'm kind of a sneaky person. Like it's like, ah, you feel like you're getting away. It's not ice cream. So again, I'm using my sweet tooth here, but it tastes delicious, but Seems like you're getting away with it, but you're not really. So that's, you kind of put me on a the spot there. That's the best I can do. <laughs> I love it. It's a great answer. I appreciate it. Joey, thanks for coming on the Competitive Mindset and sharing with us. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.